Hey, everybody, and welcome to The Pactum. I'm Pat Abendroth, and today we are going to be talking about law and gospel in Proverbs. It's going to be a great episode, Law and Gospel in Proverbs, to help you to be a better to help you to be a better Bible reader, a Bible teacher if you teach, a Bible preacher if you preach. I can't wait to get into Law and Gospel in Proverbs, but before we go any further, what an amazing day this is because in my very presence joining us today, and it's been a long time Today, Mike Grimes is with us on the Pactum. That I am. Hey, Mike. How you doing today, hey, my friend? I feel friend? like you should say hi and welcome to the Pactum. Hey, and hi, Mike. Thanks for having to me Pactum. today. That's Thanks. what we do. <laughs> Thanks for having me today. It's so glad been, to be a part of the Pactum. It has been a spell. You know, Mike, somebody told me, a close friend said to me, it's a good thing you and Mike are both on the Pactum. I said, oh, good. Really? You know, I'm glad you said that. And he said, because, you know, you're you're kind of edgy and and kind of you know mean <laughs> or something like that and but you know but mike is nice and i thought you must hey, you must not know mike they grimes don't the way know me i know all. mike grimes yeah but i am really thankful that we can do this together and i'm glad that some of my friends think i'm mean and you're nice i tell you they've got it backwards i think but hey that's all right hello hello <laughs> all right but it's good to be on the pactum today looking forward to our episode Episode 54, Proverbs. Ooh, 54. You know, we missed our birthday episode. Yeah, we did. Happy birthday to us. Happy birthday to us. Yeah. And then episode 53, that was like the Daryl Dawkins episode. Do you know who Daryl Dawkins is? I don't know that I do. Uh, he, he played for the Philadelphia 76ers back in the 80s. And his, okay. nick, his nickname was Chocolate Thunder. Oh, really? Famous for breaking backboards. Glass oh, backboards. serious? Uh-huh. The Shaquille O'Neal stuff, huh? I loved me some Daryl Dawkins big time. Number 53, I had a big poster in my room, and he had like the rim around his forearm. Oh, for real? Standing yeah. in the glass. Oh, yeah. That's awesome. Yep. Episode 53, number 53. Even my teenage boys, of course, know who. D.D. D.D. Yep. Daryl Dawkins. Never heard of him. So happy birthday to us. We've done it for a year. I can't believe it's true. Thank you for being a listener, Pactum listeners. We are thankful. We're thankful for great feedback. We get great feedback, great ratings, feeling real good in the neighborhood about yes, the Yes, we really do enjoy it. So thank you for being a part of the Pactumverse. Yep. Labor of love, law, and gospel. Wait a second. What have you been up to? You you didn't come with me to California. I didn't. I didn't you want for, to be with you. You forsook the assembly <laughs> and uh, missed out on a lot of great food and all that kind of stuff. I missed out on the California adventure. However, I was California dreaming. Uh, but you know what? I I tell you what I've been doing for three weeks. I have gotten lost in a new show. Uh-oh. And oh, it's something about pets or animals or is. rodents it or is. something. What, what's it called? It's called All Creatures Great and Small. And I All don't creatures even care. of our God and King. Well, you know what's funny? I thought that's what it was. I don't know what I thought it was, but I started watching it, and it is delightful. It's and a, I can't believe I just said that out loud, but it really delightful. is delightful. It's on PBS. Is that correct? It's a PBS masterpiece, and I think let's see, it might be a season behind where they're actually at. And you, no, I think they're on season two there too. Anyway, it's fantastic. It's about a country vet set in the 1930s. Whose name is Stephen Curtis Chapman? No. That, oh, that would be amazing. <laughs> Saddle up those horses. <laughs> right? Right? <laughs> but it's it's great. So that's what I've been doing for three weeks. I caught up on all of season one. I'm up to date on season two. Now it's every week I have to wait for a new episode. It's like the old school days. Oh. 
So that's what I've been doing. For so two weeks. I've been or working hard. I've been working hard on Pactum stuff, and you've been all creatures of our God and Kinging. Yes, yeah. Sitting in front of my PBS masterpiece, Love and Life. Would I like it? No, don't <laughs> don't turn it on. <laughs> I literally saw it pop up the other day, and I I know this about you, and I thought, huh? No, I I moved on to I don't know what I moved on to, but they've got a new uh, Jack Reacher out, right? I think I've seen that. The, I haven't the seen guy, it. The guy looks like he's taken so much growth hormone. He looks like, like he can't even move. Yeah. Like they blew up the blimp, you know, in his yeah. arms too tight. It's... I hate to be a hater, but I thought that that's just that's just not right. Okay. I'm not the only one who thought that. I'm going to watch your show. And Give it a... I don't know what I else. know we have Pactumverse listeners who watch, so... Okay. I know they're out there. I am for them, for sure. And I might even be willing to check it out. If I'm willing to sit down with my wife and watch The Voice... But, <laughs> I can surely watch your squirrel show. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's it's great. Okay. Well, yeah. oh, now we do have a gift we should talk about, and then we will talk about what we're supposed to talk yeah. about. Yep, yep. We like getting gifts on the Pactum. We've gotten cool coffee mugs. We've gotten coffee. We've gotten all kinds of things. Mm-hmm. And uh, the latest gift uh, is maybe it's more like a gif or a jif, whichever one you prefer. GIF. Because it's kind of a joke. But we did receive in the mail here... A copy, a hardback copy, a nice little note in here, and it's a hardback copy of The Great Controversy by Ellen G. White mm. of what kind of fame, do you know? Um, Christian Science. Yeah, Seventh-day Adventist. Oh. Close, 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 <laughs> but not exactly. I couldn't come up with it. So, oh. but I... <laughs> You know, I think Seventh-day Adventism is a cult. Uh, Ellen White is a false prophet. She claims yes. a new revelation from God. We're not fans, but uh, I wonder if it was a sign because I got the book in the mail, and it's nice that you sent it. We wish you'd it's use your money. It's still in plastic wrap. I mean, it's... I'm not going to open it. Mm-hmm. But I might get converted because I got this in the mail, and then the same week, I went to a dinner party, and we had the cheese meat board. I have a hard time saying it. Charcuterie. There you go. I'm not even going to try. So I can say most words in life. I can even make <laughs> words up. That's a tough up. one. That's a hard one for it me. Is. So we went to this dinner party and we ate us some meat and cheese. Mm. I mean, we ate us I some saw the picture seri- of the spread. Right? It was insane. Was some serious square footage. And, you know, that night I didn't sleep very good. Uh-oh. I, I kind of was sweating. And, and so then I, I remembered Ellen White. Yes. I should have listened to her. Maybe yeah. I should be a Seventh-day Adventist. Cheese should never be introduced into the stomach. What? She, she doesn't like dinner. no cheese. No, no cheese. Ma- she says many a mother sets a table that is a snare to her family. Oh, she's she's a hater. Serious flesh meats. I didn't say fresh meats. That wasn't a typo. Flesh. She says flesh meats. I wonder what other kind of meats there are. No kidding. Flesh meats, butter, cheese, rich pastry, spicy foods. Ugh. And condiments are freely partaken by both old and young. Listen to this. These things do their work in deranging the stomach. <laughs> it, here, here's where I get it from her. Exciting the nerves and enfeebling the intellect. No I'm joke. just going to blame the cheese. And she goes on and on. So we think she's a false prophet. Uh, joking aside, I'm not a big cheese eater, so I could maybe do uh, Seventh-day Adventism. But... <laughs> You know what? It's kind of fun to eat the weird stuff now and then at dinner parties. Oh, I'm, yeah. I'm going to keep doing it. And joking aside, folks, 
we have the more sure word of prophecy. We have God's final revelation in his son. We have the completed canon. Just say no to Gnostic, wacko, new revelation claimers like Ellen G. White. That's right. All right. All right. Got that off my chest. (laughs) Good. I'm glad you did. So... In this episode, episode 54, we're going to be talking about law and gospel in Proverbs, or wisdom literature, yep. uh, using Proverbs really as the example here to look at and consider uh, how law and gospel are there and how we can see it and uh, what benefit we can have from noticing that as we're reading this wisdom literature. Okay. Um, and we want to, it's out of a desire to help you as you're reading Pactum Verse listeners, as you're reading your Bible to read it better, um, to as you're teaching the Bible to understand the Bible and be able to teach it, to preach for those who are pastors. Uh, so really a, a kind of ongoing theme for us at the Pactum. We are here for you. Yes, really wanting to help and encourage you as you're reading your Bibles. Absolutely. Yep, and it's on my mind because I preached through Proverbs 30, 31 the other day and also did something in Ecclesiastes, so it's all on my mind, trying to do a little bit of writing on both topics. So let's review, Mike. Law, yes. law and gospel, first of all, the whole right. law-gospel paradigm. We yep. did episode two on that, mm-hmm. where we talked a little slower, oh, yeah. but the content was still good. It was good. So check out episode two if you want to learn about law and gospel as it would relate to interpreting the Bible. Also, episode 51 that yeah. we did with R. Scott Clark was good. You did with R. Scott Oh, Clark. that's right. We. That was, that was a corporate we. Yeah. That was a royal oh, we. Yeah, sure. So do this and live is what that was called, and we talked a little bit of law and gospel. But by law and gospel, what we mean is a paradigm. We mean a hermeneutic, an approach to reading the Bible and interpreting the Bible. So when we say law, what do we mean, Mike Grimes? It means what God requires of yep. us. What God requires law. What about gospel? What God has graciously done or what God graciously provides. Yep, and sometimes people think promise. So everything in the Bible is either law or gospel, and we need to keep that in mind if we're Protestants, Mm -hmm. uh, if we're in the Reformed tradition, if we're Christians, we would say. Uh, But it's definitely something that was significant for Luther and the Reformed who came after him. Got a great, great quote by Theodore Beza, Mm -hmm. who was Calvin's successor in Geneva. I know we've quoted it before, but maybe that would be a good intro so people have an understanding of in the Reformed tradition— of biblical Christianity, how important it is to have the law-gospel distinction before we zero in and focus on Proverbs. Sure. Theodore Beza says, We divide this word into two principal parts or kinds. The one is called the law, the other the gospel. For all the rest can be gathered under the one or other of these two headings. We must pay great attention to these things. For with good reason we can say that ignorance of this distinction between law and gospel is one of the principal sources of the abuses which corrupted and still corrupt Christianity. We want to avoid that abuse. We want to take those words from Beza to heart. I like the name Beza. Yeah. It's kind of cool. It's very cool. I'm, I'm conflicted and torn. Do I name my next dog, dog after yeah. a theological enemy? Or do I name my mm. next dog after a theological friend? Mm. Maybe we should get a cat in our house and yeah. we can name the cat the enemy. Yes, that would be actually, appropriate. That, actually, that would be a cool name for a cat. Oh, I like cats. You do? Yeah. Well, what if we have Pactum listeners who like cats? Oh, I love cats. <laughs> <laughs> My daughter just got a Siamese kitten. I like kittens more because I'm allergic to cats, so I have a reason. Okay, But she tells me I'm not going to be allergic to hers. Oh, okay. Of course. There you go. So I love all creatures, great and small. All Is creatures, that what it's called? great and small. Yep. Including kitty cats. Including kitty cats. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's get back on track here. Proverbs, law and gospel. Let's uh, talk first. 
what is Proverbs about as a, a book of wisdom literature? Well, I would think it's about wisdom. I if it's wisdom literature, so right? It's about <laughs> it's gaining a, wisdom. Yeah. So when you read Proverbs, you learn wise people are supposed to do whatever it is, and foolish people don't do it. It's pretty straightforward. Kind of the takeaway is be wise. Sure. Yep. Uh, don't be a fool. Be wise. Be mature. Don't be a simpleton. Don't be like someone who doesn't learn from other people. Wisdom literature, be wise. Do the right thing. And this is summed up nicely in Proverbs 1-7. And it's very similarly summed up at the very end, the bookend in chapter 31, verse 30. But it's the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools, de fools despise wisdom and instruction. Mm. So if you want to sum up what wisdom is, ultimately... The fear of the Lord. Fear of the Lord, it, that's synonymous with wisdom. So if you, if you have true knowledge, as in wisdom, synonymous mm. in, this, in the Proverbs, you fear God. You fear the Lord. Now, does that sound like law? It absolutely sounds like law. How about that? Yeah. If you're supposed to fear the Lord, which you obviously are, and you're supposed to be wise... Obviously, that's law. It's law. It's what God requires. It is not what God provides. Right. It's what he requires. It's good. It's righteous. It's holy to fear God. Yeah. But it's not gospel. It is law. Yeah. Now, I suppose we, when we say law, sometimes people get confused. Yes, they I think so. think we're saying legalism or something mm -hmm. like that. No, we're not saying legalism. Uh, in fact, we actually think on the pactum, and we know all good pactum verse listeners know, that one way to avoid legalism is to actually call law law. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that we know what it is, so that we know we can't do it perfectly, so that we can look to Christ for our righteousness and then seek to do law out of gratitude. Right. Third use kind of thing. So it's not legalism. Law is what God requires. That's what it is. And by that, we don't mean the Pentateuch. Right. Right. Uh, by that, we don't mean Mosaic law. Correct. Though, Mike, does Mosaic law have law in it? Absolutely. Yeah, yes. Absolutely it does. So, and we also, furthermore, and finally, we don't mean Old Testament versus New Testament. When you're saying law gospel is what, we're not saying Old Testament is law, New Testament is gospel. We are so, so, right. so not saying that. It might be what you learned in charts and, charts and graphs class, um, but we want to leave that behind. Yes. What we're saying is, if it's what God commands, as you said earlier, Mike, then that's law. Right. It's a, it's a category. It's yes. a label. Yep. And if it's what God provides, it's gospel. It comes to us freely according to God's grace in Christ. And so yep. when we read Proverbs and it's do this, do this, do this, do this, don't do that, don't do that, don't do that, we say, oh, that's a that's, whole lot of law. It is a lot of law. Yes. A whole lot of timeless truth principles to follow, mm -hmm. which in other words is law. Right, right. We yep. have to keep this in mind. Proverbs is wisdom or about wisdom and wisdom, wisdom literature is primarily about law, right. what so, we're supposed to do. Yeah. So if we have law found clearly, obviously in the book of Proverbs, as we're just mentioning, where's the gospel then in Proverbs? Is there gospel in I, Proverbs? Sometimes I think you have to work pretty hard to find it. Yeah. Sometimes if, you read through and you're like, whoa, where is it? I, you read Proverbs and you're like, I need Jesus <laughs> like I <laughs> right. never knew before. The heavy weight of burden. Yeah. And, and if we're if we're honest, right? If we if we really read it for what it says, you say, "Yeah, this is all great and it's going to make my life better." The problem is, I don't live up to the perfect 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 expectation, right? Right, right, exactly right. Okay, so where is gospel in Proverbs? I think it's in the middle. 
I think so. Let's go to Proverbs 16, verses 5 and 6, where we get some gospel reprieve. Yes, absolutely. We we get a little bit of gospel freedom, a little bit of uh, gospel sampling, an open door to the gospel. And if we look at Proverbs 16, verses 5 and 6, and then we're going to turn to Charles Bridges, uh, who wrote that classic commentary on Psalm 119, Mm -hmm. but he also has a Proverbs commentary, which I think is pretty helpful. So we're not making this stuff up. No, we're not. we make up some things on the pack. Oh, absolutely. Right. We, we <laughs> make some things it. up for sure, but we're not making this up. No. So great text. Proverbs 16 verse five says, everyone who is arrogant in heart is an abomination to the Lord. Be assured he will not go unpunished. And I think that probably is a good, oh, sampling of what's in Proverbs. If you do the wrong thing, if you're foolish, if you're not wise, uh, there are going to be consequences. Mm -hmm. And so kind of like severity for law breaking, severity for foolishness, severity for um, playing the fool. And here's one example, but we could apply that to all of those things in Proverbs, I think. Couldn't we? Yeah, I think so. Okay. So then verse six, oh, this is so... This is so wrong sounding at first, and, and then it sounds so right. Mm-hmm. I, I love it. Verse six says, by steadfast love. Okay, how are we going to avoid the punishment of verse five? Verse six says, by steadfast love and faithfulness, iniquity or sin is atoned for, and by the fear of the Lord, one turns away from evil. Mm. Since it's a solution, I think it sounds pretty good. Right. And listeners, I hope you're thinking, well, oh, okay, that sounds like a solution. That sounds pretty good. As long as there's steadfast love and as long as there's faithfulness, there will be atonement. Mm. So have fun with that. Better get busy doing those things. You you better get really steadfast in your love and you'd better get really faithful um, so that you can have your sin atoned for which sounds a lot like a religion other than Christianity at first blush. Right. Yeah. But that's not the steadfast love and faithfulness it's talking about. It, it can't, it, right? It, it can't be. Right. It absolutely can't be. No. Whether you're in the Old Testament or in the New Testament, regardless of where you are, never in the Bible are we told, maybe except here, hmm. um, but are, are we told that somehow the way to deal with your sin problem is just by loving better hmm. or by being more faithful? And then you'll have atonement. Right. So I, I just think it's good to kind of think think to ourselves, then what in the world must it be getting at? Right. Uh, Bridges says this. He says, to link this with man's, he means humanities, with man's love and faithfulness overturns the foundation of the gospel. Hmm. Okay, thank you, Mr. Bridges. He's helping us to say it must be something that's provided for us. It must be something that's provided for us. And as Christians, and we're thinking in terms of Romans chapter 3, for example, and that's where Bridges goes, what we end up doing is we say, you know what, as a matter of fact, through substitution, through provision by another who is steadfast in his love, ah, his name is Jesus, we all know this, and by his faithfulness... Ah, then we have iniquity atoned for because what does he do? He is faithful even to the point of death, even death yeah. on a cross. I'm using that as a synonym because it says obedient. Yeah. So so I think we I think we do have gospel in Proverbs. Yeah. Absolutely. I think it's maybe gospel not fully flowering, mm. but we have enough to go on as Christians to read Proverbs and say that counterintuitive at first verse 
screams, begs, cries out for a substitute who is none other than Christ the Lord, who loved with with heart, soul, mind, and strength, loved neighbor as himself, and was faithful to the very end to accomplish the will of his Father. Just absolutely fantastic, and I'm thankful for great commentators like the old Charles Bridges. Oh, yeah. Well, we won't read any more quotes from him, but we do commend that to you just as far as a good example of a Christian reading the Bible, all of the Bible, not just the New Testament, but reading all of the Bible from a Christian perspective. It's anticipating Christ. It's giving us clues, if you will, along the way. He goes on to to connect the dots in Isaiah 53 with Romans chapter 8, with Romans chapter 3. It has to be through the substitutionary substitution of of another, or we would never have such atonement. Never, ever, ever does the Bible teach that sinners can make atonement for their own sins through their love and through their faithfulness. It could never do. It's it's broken, imperfect, because we're broken, imperfect as sinful people. So I hope that helps listeners to go, oh, I need to just look a little closer, look for gospel clues, if you will. Right. Uh, along the way to be able to read the Bible as Christian scripture. Yeah. Pat, before we keep going here with Proverbs and law and gospel, as we've been talking about, what? why do you keep winking at me? What are you doing? <laughs> are you just that glad to see me on the Pactum today? You know, Mike, or can you see you know, me? While, while Mike Grimes has been um, watching all creatures great and small and who knows what other various and sundry things, <laughs> as I've been laboring for you, I think he's just been somehow becoming ornery. Possible. Um, and just trying to pick on me. I'm over here with one contact lens <laughs> in. And he, he's accusing me of winking at him. And I can hardly <laughs> read my screen and read the Bible. Uh, one, one contact lens is, yeah. is how welcome, that goes. Welcome so. to the Pactum with Cyclops today. Right? <laughs> <laughs> he called me Cyclops earlier in the day. And I thought, yeah, people think I'm the one who's strict and I'm the mean one. <laughs> It's actually my crime. So here I am, fifty-two years old, and I'm trying to wear contacts for the first time. And let me tell you, it's a it's tough. It's not working out so great. But on the bike, I need to be able to see better sure. than I do, and I'm not wearing. How, how should I even say? Never mind. I am a fool for fashion, and I've got, I've got to have some <laughs> fashionable, have cool <laughs> sunglasses. I'm not wearing the dorky ones. Uh, I just can't do it. Not yet, funny. anyway. That's funny. So we'll see how this goes. I have to go to the doctor when we're done here. Okay. Well, let's get back to proverbs and. Long. Maybe if I wouldn't have eaten that cheese. Hey, you know what? Maybe if I would have listened to... Could have been it. Sometimes they say E.G. White e. because White. they don't want you to know that Ellen. it's Ellen White. Ellen T. White, uh-huh. yeah. Not a fan, not well, a fan. Moving on from cheese and Cyclops. Back to Proverbs, law and gospel. Uh, you hey, mentioned you know what? earlier. That cheese plate that we had, it was more than a cheese plate. <laughs> but the sure funny was. thing is my daughter, my daughter Natalie, raised her hand and said, I'll, I'll, I'll do the cheese. And so sure enough, she shows up. She, she met with the cheese master. Oh, for real? Uh-huh. Not the cheese meister. Cheese. Higher than that is cheese Master. master. I wanted to say the highest is the cheese whiz. <laughs> <laughs> she, was, she wasn't amused <laughs> at all. Oh, that's funny. She spent 45 minutes talking to her, her uh, cheese master. Oh. And man, we had so much cheese and all. I mean, it was just crazy and everybody's enjoying it. And then my wife, Molly, and I got in the car afterward. And she said, well, Natalie bought the cheese and uh, with my credit card or something. <laughs> so 200 and some dollars later... Um, <laughs> The Abendroths are in the poorhouse now That's because funny. of cheese. Jeez. Moral of the story is listen to Ellen White. There you go. Third attempt, Proverbs, Law and Gospel, continuing on. You mentioned earlier 
that you recently preached from Proverbs 31. Um, these kinds of things uh, were brought to light as you were preaching through that text. Uh, so what do you make of, and what did you make of, Proverbs 31 and the Proverbs 31 woman with these law gospel issues in mind? Okay, I've, I've, we're, I think we need to go first in Proverbs 31 is that it's wisdom personified, yeah. which yep. might be contrary to what maybe I've heard before, maybe what I've thought before. But I think first and foremost, if you read Proverbs 1 and you read Proverbs 31, uh, I mentioned earlier, they're bookends. So mm-hmm. it begins with the fear of the Lord, chapter 1, verse 7, but it ends in chapter 31, verse 30. Um, this is the woman who fears the Lord and she's to be praised. Right, yeah. Which would be true in and of itself for any woman who fears the Lord, but it does seem like there's already a clue that the book is talking about wisdom, wisdom personified. Uh, and so it's maybe, I think, even broader than one particular woman. And then, Mike, especially when we read some other statements in Proverbs where wisdom is, in fact, personified in as a female. Sure, yeah, yeah. So chapter 1, verses 20 to 22, she, 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 she cries out, she raises her voice, and it's lady wisdom. Mm-hmm. And then in chapter 9, the same thing, wisdom has built her house. Uh, and it's she, she, she multiple times again to him who lacks sense. She says, come and eat. So it does seem to be, there's good precedent. When we get to chapter 31, we've already learned that proverb or excuse me, that wisdom, uh, is exemplified or is pictured as a female, as a woman. So maybe the Proverbs 31 woman is meant for everybody. Sure. Yeah. And not just meant to be the Proverbs 31 woman that pastors should preach about on Mother's Day or whatever it right, is. Right. Um, no knocking pastors, not at all. We're fans, but maybe it should be the Proverbs. Maybe we should preach it on Father's Day. Ooh. And Mother's Day. Both. And anytime, because it's actually meant to be the example that we can all follow. Bruce Waltke, the Old Testament commentator and well-respected scholar says this, all wise people, how about that? All wise people Mm -hmm. aim to incarnate the wisdom she embodies, each in his own sphere of activity. And then he goes on to say, by nature, proverbial material sets forth examples, asking audiences to make the appropriate application to their own spheres. Mm -hmm. So if Waltke is correct, it is an invitation for us, whether we are men or women, boys or girls, to say the Proverbs 31 woman is an example, example for all of us sure, to yeah. follow in our own way, in yeah. our own station. In our own station in right? life. That's the way old people would talk. Or yes. Young people a long time ago. Yeah. Maybe. Anybody. So, yeah. so I, I'm, I'm pretty open to that concept and that idea. I think Walt, he's onto something and he's not the only one mm, that maybe yeah. we need to read Proverbs and even the Proverbs 31. We don't have to uh, compromise our masculinity. Sure. Yeah. Uh, we're talking about legitimate application. Another commentator says this. I think it's John A. Kitchen. The ideals of wisdom presented throughout the book of Proverbs are now gathered up, talking about the Proverbs 31 woman, now gathered up as ideals and presented in a beautiful, breathtaking, but practical presentation of wisdom embodied and in motion. Hmm. So I think that's what we should do. And I think we should also think in terms of that woman is depicting for us ultimate law. Hmm. This is, if she's the perfectly righteous, wise woman example for everyone, whether it's only for women or for men and women and boys and girls, uh, you want to see law? You want to see the perfect person? There she is. Um, And let's admire her, but let's make sure we understand her for who she is and what she is, she's representing perfection, hmm. which is good. Yeah. 
but it's not good news. Right, right. It's so that's unattainable. Right. That's important. So in saying she's ultimate law, I want to I, I really want people to stop and think about that. So it she when you talk about the Proverbs thirty one woman, you're not talking about the gospel. Mm, yeah. you, you are talking about the law. But sometimes we as teachers, maybe readers as well, or preachers, we present her as if she's something other than law. Hmm. And, and maybe we, you know, there's a, this in-between law, gospel, gospel there's thing. This, I don't yeah, know. This nebulous category. We think everybody's going to be happy about it. Yeah. And, and oftentimes, at least in speaking with women, um, they're not happy about it. Right. The pastor was thinking, oh, isn't everybody going to be so encouraged? This will be great. And the listeners tend to hear maybe better than we speak, and they're thinking, that's discouraging. Mm. And I think maybe they're onto something better than the teacher is. Sure, yeah. They're onto, that, that's a huge ideal, and I don't live up to it. Yeah. And I want to say, that's exactly right. Mm-hmm. But So as teachers and as those who preach, let's say, this is law, and it's going to feel like law. Right. This is the ideal. So then, so then, so then we can also then be ready to say, and isn't it great to know mm. that we have the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ because no one actually lives up to this, right. a man or woman, boy or girl, and therefore we need Christ. And once we're in Christ, then we want to follow these things sure, yeah. and pursue the fear of the Lord not for our justification, but because we have it. Right. Yeah. And I think people are going to be a whole lot happier. Oh yeah. Um, and so be, or the opposite extreme is going to be, they're going to hear it and they're going to hear it. If they're a self-righteous person, we don't know any of those people. No. no. Um, but if, if you're self-righteous, you're going to hear it and say, Oh, that's me. Oh yeah. Yep. I, I am the Proverbs yes, 31 that woman. just like me. Right? So I think if we can just be more intentional, acknowledging Proverbs for what it is, wisdom literature for what it, for what it is, and just let it be heavy. Mm. Therefore, yeah. we can look to Christ who r- removes our burden, and then we can also pursue this then out of a new status being in Christ. I think it's really critical that we keep that in mind. I've been asked so many times by Christian women to not preach on Proverbs 31 on Mother's Day. They're They're like, of all days, don't make me feel terrible. Please. And I think that kind of person is actually onto something. Mm -hmm. And maybe she has better hermeneutical sensibilities. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yep. than, Than sometimes we do as preachers or teachers. Yeah. Yeah. So let's get on board. Think in terms of law and gospel, not lose our ever-loving Protestant minds, as I like to say all of the time, (laughs) and preach the Bible, read the Bible, teach the Bible like Christians, and and hear the Bible like Christians. Yeah. What what another great example of how law-gospel distinctions and categories really change the way you can read and understand your Bible, rather than reading it and being stuck in the position of burden and shame and guilt— uh, you're reminded again of the grace of God in the Lord Jesus Christ to us, and then it's gratitude. And we're not just taking the law and we're throwing it out, but our relationship to that law changes. Now it's the law of Christ that we uh, seek to obey as a way of, of worship, of yep. honor and pleasing Him. Yep, absolutely. Now it's a great light unto our path, not yeah. condemning us anymore. Yep. Glad you brought that up. Yeah. Okay. I, I have a provocative question for you. Okay. One of my very favorite words, provocative. I'm ready. So for the provocative question, it is, if Jesus were to read Proverbs 31, mm-hmm. and we know that he did uh, as a Jewish man, and beyond that even, but w- what would he think? 
how, how, how would he read it? How would he interpret Proverbs 31? I think it's a pretty good consideration for sure. us. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think to start, he would view it as law. Of course, of course he would. He would view it as law, yeah. The fear of the Lord. Yeah. You have to fear God. She's the perfect God-fearer, if you will. Well, if she's an example, she's an example of law. So in addition to what you said, Mike, I think he may have thought about himself. Yeah, He may have thought about himself, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom Wisdom. of God. Mm -hmm. So who's the ultimate Proverbs 31 individual? Jesus. Well, if he is wisdom personified, uh, that might get us some hate mail. But uh, how do you get around 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 24? Yeah. And if it's wisdom, wisdom of God, yeah, he is wisdom of God. So he's the only one who lived up to the standard. So we can think of it in that, in those terms. And then I think the final one is maybe most um, encouraging to me. Uh, and that would be if Jesus read Proverbs 31, what was he thinking of? Well, he thought of law. He thought about himself. And surely if there was to one day be a perfect wife, a perfect Proverbs 31 righteous wife without any spot, wrinkle, or mm. any such thing, hint, hint, pactum listeners. Yeah. Thinking about his bride. It would be his bride. The church. Right? Yeah. Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Ephesians 5 says that he might sanctify her. He's the one that makes her virtuous, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word so that he might present the church. Ah, the bride the wife, to himself in splendor without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish. Hmm. So that the, we, look for, we look forward to the marriage supper of the Lamb. Yeah. We look forward to the consummation. We look forward to that great time of rejoicing when the bridegroom will welcome us and we will be perfect, perfect only because of what he's done for us. Yeah. Hmm. So I, I do want to read it from a Christological, Christ-centered sort of way. Because, because I think it works, and it, and it works in in the great tradition of Christian interpretation. Yeah, and I'm just I'm just sitting here thinking how encouraging it can be. Then I mean to read all this law and to just be so impressed with Christ and to be so grateful for our standing in Christ. Yeah, let that let that severity of the strict requirement of fearing God, fearing God, fearing God. You must fear God, or you're a fool. And then what do we do? Mm. Well, if we're honest, we're undone. And then we look to Christ and you know what? One day because of him, we will be just such a virtuous person. Yeah. Yeah. All praise go to him. Yeah. Well, maybe we can wrap up this episode. We've been talking about law and gospel and Proverbs. And cheese. And cheese. Seventh-day Adventism. Cheese and cheese. Um, but let's, let's talk a little bit broader than Proverbs and law and gospel. And what about the book of Ecclesiastes, thinking of wisdom literature, law and gospel? What about that book? Since we just talked about that, it is fresh on my mind. We kind of did the 30,000-foot overview. Mm-hmm. But Ecclesiastes is all about the fact that we need to fear God and keep his commandments. Otherwise, it's vanity of vanities, um, hopelessness of hopelessness. Right. So you can go through all of life, but it's all ultimately meaningless if we don't have special revelation, if we don't know who God actually is, according to Ecclesiastes. It's a dark book. It really is. You know, that was the book you were preaching through when I first came on staff here, and I thought, oh. You thought, why is that guy so depressed? Is he okay? Yeah, it was hard. It was a hard one. It put me in a dark spot. Yeah. Uh, Because I am of the opinion, uh, in in company of some others, uh, Ecclesiastes isn't really like a good coffee table book kind of thing. Uh, Sure. Uh, It's not with these kind of uplifting, wonderful nature scenes. Sure, yeah. (laughs) 
it, it, it's a dark one it and is. it leaves you yep. despairing. You need to hear from God. You need to hear special revelation. And so it ends with this chapter 12, verse 13, the end of the matter, all has been heard. Fear God and keep his commandments. That sounds good. Yeah. Right. I think, can we all agree that's true? Yes, we I can. I think we can. Fear God and keep his commandments for this is the whole duty of man. For God will bring every deed into judgment with every secret thing, whether good or evil. I think that's true. I think all Pactum listeners, all of us should agree that that's a true statement. Yeah. We should fear God and keep his commandments. Yeah. And yet. And yet. And yet, right? What, what's the next question? The next question has to be, but is it good news? Right. It's, it's, I can't. I can't. I haven't. It is so not good news. And if we read that as good news, we're fooling ourselves. Yeah. Uh, what's going to happen? We should fear God and keep his commandments. And guess what? You're going to be judged based upon how good you feared God mm-hmm. and, and, and how, how good of a job, to use poor English, uh, perhaps I just did. I don't know. Because um, <laughs> judgment day is coming. Yeah. And so what I like to say in Ecclesiastes is it's a great gospel preparation book. Sure. Yeah. Uh, it, it doesn't leave us desperate for meaning. We can find meaning in this world around us because God has given us revelation. But I like to put it this way. It does leave us desperate for righteousness because mm. judgment's coming. Yeah. So maybe there's not a lot of gospel in Ecclesiastes, but it begs us to be desperate yeah. and look for gospel from the outside. Yeah. One of the things you mentioned uh, when you did preach that sermon a few weeks ago, uh, just thinking about functional saviors and how we can go through this whole life looking for, grasping for, searching for, uh, striving for anything that could bring meaning, could bring happiness, contentment, resolution to this darkness um, when there indeed is only one Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Absolutely. So it drives us to him. Yep. Excellent. Super good. Uh, Resources, Mike, maybe we can make some recommendations for resources on this. I think Tremper Longman has done some good work in Ecclesiastes, if you're looking for a commentary on that, that plays it from the darker side of things. Uh, And so I would recommend uh, his writing on Ecclesiastes. I would also recommend, when we recommend books about this, um, you know, Graham Goldsworthy tries to do a really good job of preaching all of the Bible as Christian scripture. So things like dealing with the Proverbs. I also mentioned Bruce Waltke uh, and that kitchen commentary yep. was good. Also, what was the other one I mentioned? Bridges. Yes. Not yep. Jerry Bridges, Not Jerry, but, but Charles, Charles Bridges. Bridges. Yep. yep. So we would recommend those. We can put them in our show notes. But I would go out of my way to say, utilize good resources, but don't forget that Oftentimes, commentators fail us in that they don't they don't go out of their way to mention explicitly the law gospel paradigm. Mm, sure, and I think we we have to keep that in mind all of the time because sometimes these resources are good for word studies, context, culture, and we can't forget that if God requires something, it's law, and if God graciously provides it, it's gospel. And that that's that's on us. That's yeah. ABCs, one, two, threes. And so maybe we shouldn't always expect the commentators to do that, but we certainly need to, or we're going to be confused and lost. Yep. Well, it's been great to be back with you, Pat, on the Pactum. To- All creatures, great and small. Yes, indeed. So uh, we'll make sure to put those resources in the show notes. Thank you so much for listening. We want to encourage you each week and trust that you have been, as we've talked about law and gospel and the wisdom literature. Uh, As always, you can find us online, Twitter at The Pactum, 
I, I hear we're on Getter now from these, we are, these I, episodes I, I, maybe that you've it's been gone. doing. It might be gone. It might, it might have been gotten. Gotten. So Gottener. We're, we're there if you're there, I think. And then we're also on Instagram, the Pactum Theology. You can be emailing us. We will do again another Pactum Responsum episode at some point in the future. So you can email, email us your questions. Connect at thepactum.org. Thanks again so much for listening. We'll see you here next time on The Pactum. <laughs>